You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Well, where have all the good men gone? <laughs> kind of struggled with the title because I had it so long ago and I was like, oh, I just, oh, maybe it's not right. And then, no, it's right. Where have all the good men gone? So I'll start with someone very wise on the internet <laughs> came up with this. Great men have their priorities in line. They know what is truly important in life and live accordingly. Great men are tender with those in need of tenderness. They are kind to the elderly, children and those with disabilities. Great men respect and honour women. They don't objectify, degrade or demean them. They participate in the community. They may spend time volunteering, working for a cause or being involved with a charity. Great men are honest, have a sense of morality, integrity and decency. Great men have a sense of purpose. They do not waste inordinate amounts of time in front of the TV or playing video games. What's inordinate? Is it like one season, two seasons? When, when Netflix comes up with, are you still watching? What's inordinate? Yeah, let's keep going. Great men are continually expanding their minds. They do not think they know it all. And are open to new ideas and insights. Moving on, great men have a healthy sense of self. They are confident, secure, while maintaining a sense of humility. Great men help and assist others. Great men are in touch with their feelings, emotions, concerns, and even their shortcomings. Okay, so if everyone could just work on that right now, that'd be great. All right, see ya. Right, right. That's pretty intense. I was like, you know, I started reading, I was like, oh, wow, I mean, it's poor men. They're just being a person with all of this. But thankfully, we have access to the best how-to manual. How to live a godly life for dummies. <laughs> right? How to live a godly life for dummies, you know? <laughs> It's easy for me to read, oh, we have a healthy sense of self, we're confident and secure. You know, I can read that out loud because it's written about men. But thankfully, we have the best how-to manual. The best how-to manual. Now, oh, that's all right, I can project. I'm a mama bear and a teacher. <laughs> so I've got, I've got... Stacks of scripture today, like it's going to be one of those, yay, because, you know, like I only have my interpretation and my translation of what I think a good man is, and that's flawed, but God's already written it for me, so why would I try and change words? Psalm 37 verse 23, the steps of a man or a good man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Proverbs 16 verse 9, the heart of man plants his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. 
David, King David, wrote many of the Psalms that we cherish. This was not because he never had problems. In fact, (laughs) many of those precious poems were written in the midst of troubles. And yet he knew that his strength came from God. We enjoy reading or sometimes going, (laughs) get a life, David. Like, stop moaning. No, we, we read his his journey in here. Oh, was that my pen? Did I just nearly like <laughs> stab somebody? Sorry. Oh, calm down. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we enjoy, you know, we get the benefit of poor King David's life because we can go, oh, if that was me, I wouldn't have done that. Mm, lies. But we enjoy reading about that today because he was a man who knew how to lean on God during times of adversity. You know, there were so many times from the prayer meeting to communion to even what David said during MC time to to 3P when I was like, oh, don't take my message, don't take my message. Like God's got, he's got something that he really, really needs everyone to hear today. Um, Romans 8.28 And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, all things. Philippians 1 verse 6, it's all over the Bible. It's not just in one little spot. It's all over the Bible. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. We read about Joshua in the Old Testament. The people of Israel refused to enter the land that God had given Once again, we go, I wouldn't have done that. Mm. Patiently, Joshua trusted God. He'd been told. He knew what was coming, but patiently he trusted God. He recognized the authority that Moses and his position of leadership had given him. Joshua never tried to usurp the authority of Moses. He waited until it was his time. You know, like... mm. But I've got this great word and you gave me a dream and you gave me this and you told me I was going to do all these things. Just wait. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. You know, I saw a really cool thing um, on the way here. It was a family. They were riding their bikes and... um, the younger little, you know, kid was kind of falling behind. And just as I kind of went, chum, not chum, but hmm. on my way here, there I, I just had time to look and there is a dad with his hand on the, on the boy's back, like, you know, pushing him on their bikes and the little kid's feet, you know, doing this but I was like wow that's so cool that's so God he gives us our bike he teaches us how to ride it and when he feels like oh I just need to give you a push he pushes but we're like yeah look how fast we're going where's it (laughs) Moses in Moses's life we see a godly man who struggled with failure even though he sometimes failed Moses was a man consistently in tune with God's plan. He loved the people of Israel, even when, here comes Moses. You ready with your best wailing today? Yeah, we've been practicing, Mum. Here he comes. 
as Moses walks past, his own people who he loved wailed as he walked past. <laughs> wailed. What are you going to do, Moses? Oh, Moses. He's like, oh, God, I love these people so much. As a child growing up in, in, in an Egyptian household, in a Pharaoh's household, he probably didn't learn much about God. He would have learned about all the Egyptian ways. He wouldn't have learned about the God of Israel because that was the God of the slaves. Why would they teach that? And yet he grew up sensitive to God's leading. There was calling. He also claimed not to be a great speaker and yet he led them for 40 years. He led them out of the desert. He was able, even in the midst, I know there was plagues and lots of like really full-on things, but even in the midst of that, he still went to Pharaoh and he's like, let my people go, let my people go. Did he disappoint God? Yes. But he repented of his lack of trust and was used by God to accomplish his purposes that God had given him. Daniel accepted the punishment that was given to him without complaint. King Darius fought the law for him but was powerless to change. And while Daniel slept peacefully, in the den of lions. Oh, that sounds a bit like somebody else in the New Testament in a storm. While Daniel slept peacefully in the den of the lions, the king was up all night worrying about him. Daniel's like, it's okay, I got this, it's all good. The next morning, the king was, re- was relieved to have Daniel brought out of the pit and then, you know, it was somebody else's turn. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 21, but test everything and hold fast onto what is good. You know, this is not just like fluffy words. This is not just, you know, just gentle suggestions or even persuasions. Hold fast to what is good. Proverbs 12 verse 2, a good man obtains favour from the Lord. Fathers, you have a unique privilege of sharing a title with God. Like I never thought about that. Like I wish, like I actually, somebody else wrote that and I was like, oh, I just have to use that because I've never thought about that. We sing, oh, he's a good, good father and there's my father. We joke about, oh, hello, father, welcome, you know. God, you have such a unique privilege of sharing the title of father with Father God. Like, whoa, how special is it that the Bible speaks of a human father's love as a window into what Heavenly Father has for us? Jesus said in Luke 11, even human fathers know how to love and to give good gifts to their kids. You know, and then... Why aren't you playing with that? I just wasted, like I spent all this money and you told me you wanted it. Why are you playing with the box? (laughs) We know how to give good gifts to our kids. And how much more should we expect an abundance of love from our great father in heaven? God doesn't care about me letting me stay in this dead-end job. While it is a privilege to be able to share the title of father with God himself, man, I'm glad it's not on the mums because it is a weighty calling. There is weight. There is burden. Someone great said, 
With great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. To Peter Parker. I know that. I have a little Spider-Man at home. (laughs) Throughout scripture, fatherhood is spoken of as having tremendous impact for good and not good. You know, once again, we have the manual, you know, the guide for dummies. (laughs) When we read it, we go, yeah, they're the dummies. Mm. They're just the ones who got it written down about them. Imagine if we got stuff written down about us. (laughs) As fathers shape the character of their children, they are in many ways. Actually, they are shaping the future. Scratch that, not in many ways. As fathers shape the character of their children, they are shaping the future, the outlook for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. Fathers can pass on to their children a strong legacy of faithfulness or a strong legacy of faithlessness. And despair and hope. I know in, you know, like I teach grade one. And Father's Day is really tough. Really tough. Because you've got, actually in my class, over half. Dad's not around. Not around. Half of them have said, half of those kids have said, oh, I think my dad's in another country. I don't even know. And, you know, these are kids with five and six kids in their families. And, you know, or you watch the little face as we go, oh, we're going to make Father's Day presents. And he goes. You know, and I said to this one little one, but you've got an amazing, you know, he calls him his coco. You know, he's a little foster kid, but he's been with this family forever. So he's like, he's like their own kid. And I said, but you know what? You've got your cook who loves you very much. He goes, can I do that for him? Absolutely. You know, it's okay. If your mum's the only one, do it for mum because she's actually helping you. She's stepping in where your dad wouldn't. You know, but oh, oh. That's, that's our reality. That's the reality of the world we're living in. And the longer that I'm in the profession, the longer... The, just it's just so common it's just so common it breaks my heart because in proverbs 13 verse 22 it says a good man leaves an inheritance not just for his kids but his children's children his children's children there and beyond i love there's a story of um uh bill johnson and on his birthday he gives Everyone in his family gives because he's like, no, like a good man gives to his the next generations. I still like presents. <laughs> I still like presents. <laughs> but, you know, the heart behind it, the heart behind it. Ephesians 6 verse 4. See, once again, all over the Bible, all over. That's why, you know, I was like, oh, I can't just pick one because everything is so um, pertinent to what, you know, it has to be said today. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So when you put that all together, it starts off with exasperate your kids, but I don't think it's like, oh, David, go and clean up. I don't want to. I don't think it's that at all. 
You are exasperating your kids when they don't have something substantial to be trained up in. If we don't give them something to, to, you know, to fight for, what's the point? What's the point? If we don't train them up and say, you know what, when you're making a green choice, you're actually making the choice. You are choosing to sit quietly or you're actually choosing to not sit quietly. Yeah, don't, yeah, once again, oh, so glad I'm a mama bear. I just get to go, it's all right, come here. The Bible has so many examples, there were so many, of fathers who have both left positive and negative legacies. Unfortunately, the same King David that wrote all of those beautiful psalms and, you know, ones that we even sing today, really sucked at being a dad his family life and his parenting well but see ya you know it's so great that he was pulling himself away and going I'm gonna sit at your feet God and it's like but but your sons and your daughters and however many else like you've got too many to even think about but what was the legacy then his son had far more concubines and women and, you know, that kind of living than David ever did. But that was the legacy. Brought death to one son, lots of family tension, which ultimately led the whole nation away from God. And yet... (laughs) Like, God, so amazing. So amazing. Even though all of that shortcoming, even though all of that, even though he failed, he was still part of the lineage to Jesus. That's why God's so amazing. Or another one. Samuel literally heard from God. Literally. Samuel, oh, yes, yes, no, I didn't call you. Samuel, yep, yep, I'm here. Nope, wasn't me. Literally, it was God calling him, it's time, it's time, it's time. And yet, his sons were shockingly behaved, not just outside, in God's house, in God's house. And another, Zechariah, a priest from the tribe of Levi who followed the law of Moses. You know, his life is embedded in, like, biblical truth. And it says in Luke that they were blameless when it came. They were so righteous. They followed the law to the letter. They observed all the Lord's decrees and all his commands. And yet, they were old, childless, He prayed for a child. He knew to do that. The biggest angel on the block comes down and says, uh, you're going to have a son. So remember, this is a man who has lived his life in the word. (laughs) The big angel, (laughs) the biggest angel comes and says, well, guess what? You're going to have a son. 
him. He's followed all of this stuff. It's like he, he's, he's read about his lineage and the Israelites and he follows the law and he... And an angel comes and he goes, oh, yeah, um, when I see an actual sign, I'll believe it. Well, the sign was you didn't believe it, so now you don't get to speak until you, the purpose is fulfilled. I wonder if God can still do that. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> oh. I like that one. I've never thought about that before. <laughs> Good fathers. I love this one. Luke 15. And we know it. We know it as the pr- parable of the prodigal son. It's one of the greatest love stories ever told. A story filled with mercy and grace. It's a parable of how God views us and we can turn, choose to repent and turn back to him. But this is my favourite bit. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Filled with compassion for him, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. That's my favourite bit in the whole book. And that whole story. His son hugely dishonoured him. Hugely dishonoured him. Basically, he said, you are dead to me. Give me my cash. I'm going to live a better life. I don't want to serve in your house. I don't want to clean up. I don't want to have anything to do with you. My inheritance now. (laughs) Put your hand up, Dad, if that is you. And you'd say, okay, son, see ya. Logan. Oh, whoop your, mm. got your thong ready? <laughs> Jandal, sorry. I, I <laughs> oh, get it back, get it back, get it back. I mean, really, who would do that? David? Papa? Matthias comes and says, you know what, Dad? You know that money you've been saving for your little nest egg? Thank you. I don't think so. I mean, that for starters is a whole story in itself. And yet, you know, he's done that. He's dishonoured his family name, comes back, prepared to live as the lowest servant. And his dad's like, no, you're home. You're home. Now, the most influential father I have oh, in my life is that man right there. I'll try to keep it quick. <laughs> no, really. He did not have his own father. Like I, I came from a, a solid family that broke. And yet, this man, he did not have his own father present growing up. No one to show him how to go fishing hiking with, fix a bike, score a goal. Sadly, his father left that up to, his, uh, to other people, strangers, a dormitory, boarding school, for the sake of the call. See what I'm talking about with balance? And yet, this was a man who did so many things for God. When we went back and travelled to Indonesia, like so many things, so revered. I'm like, oh, thou. 
Wow. Now, yet he was a man who never hugged his son. Never hugged his son. And so instead of going, you know what? I had a sucky life growing up. So I don't know what it's like to be a good father, so I'm not going to be one because I don't actually have, you know, a good example. No, he pursued the exact opposite. That's why I can stand here. So much so that he hugs his kids so much, they go, oh, Dad, you're hugging me again. He's like, yes, and I'll hug you again, and I'll hug you again, and I'll hug you again. Now, he didn't know I was going to say that. He didn't even pay me. Although I do receive, I do accept, what do I write down? Wedges, peep toes and stilettos. It's my currency. Just like King David. Just like he wrote all of those Psalms that we cherish that we go to when we're in trouble, just like that. It's not that he didn't have problems. It's not that he didn't have good examples growing up. Yet he knew where his strength came from. Where did it come from? Came from Father God. Came from God himself. We enjoy those writings because he was a man who knew how to lean on God when it got tough. I loved that GT prayed that this morning in prayer. Philippians 4, finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And right at the beginning in Genesis, the man bowed his head and worshipped God. Our gifts today... Uh, a way of honouring the men in our house. And the scripture is, the way of God is undefiled and the word of the Lord is fined as gold. Purest, purest thing on the earth. And he is a shield to all that trust him and trust in him. So I go back to my first question. Where have all the good men gone? Well, I'll tell you. They're sitting here today. They're putting Father God first so they can be men of valour, integrity, honesty. But he released you to come, to sit in God's house. Where have they gone? They're here. And you can take that. And you can, you know, put your arm around someone. You might not be a father, you know, like biologically, but, oh, man, there's a, there's a community of kids out there whose biological dads took off on them. And they need, they need, desperately need men of valour, men of honesty and integrity to come alongside them. So can I ask you to just close your eyes? I know that was Father's Day message, but it's really like there's something for all of us in there. All of us. So let me just pray. 
Father God, Daddy God, you who we can come to without fear of condemnation, you who we can come to filthy and, you know, wretched and poor, and you still say come. So I thank you for that, number one. I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share this on the day that we honour fathers in the natural, but most importantly, we honour you. I ask that you seal this word in our hearts today. Seal it. That when we're humming that song, where have all the good men gone? We can also hum alongside, you're a good, good father. And we honour you. We honour you, our good, good father. Amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.